So is signing your name just like how you support your book writing habit? That's right. That's how it how it really happens. Yeah. It is a little bit I don't I wouldn't say there's a bit of a moment of disconnect, perhaps a, a bit of a midlife crisis that happened when I realized that sitting and writing my name is the most valuable thing I can do for the company right now. <laughs> so, you know, there there is that. There yeah. is that. A little bit a, of a, yeah. But are we going to do a food heist? Do you want to do a food heist? I, well, considering the rest of today's topic, I think if we didn't do a food heist, it would be one of the biggest yeah. mistakes we've made. Well. I'm afraid that this is a food embezzlement scheme. Those We're are never as fun. About Fast and the Furious, and you're going to give us a food embezzlement. Okay, but it is going to redeem it okay. when I tell you okay. that this is someone who embezzled $1 million worth of chicken wings. <laughs> oh, did they embezzle the chicken wings or just the money paid for the chicken no, wings? No, the actual chicken wings, I think. You can't embezzle something that's not money. Okay. Well, maybe what, this person can. What are they doing? Do they have like a spreadsheet? And they're like, <laughs> I'm moving a chicken wing off of this spreadsheet, this one, and then Onto one magically this appears? Spreadsheet. Yeah. So what happened is, this happened during COVID lockdowns okay. in 2020. Mm-hmm. A school district administrator okay. realized that they were doing fully remote school. Uh-huh. And so no kids were coming into school. And yet there was still a food budget. Oh. So, between July yeah. of 2020 and February of 2022, she placed hundreds of unauthorized orders for food items, including 11,000 cases of chicken wings. Okay. Which the district was billed more than $1.5 million for. But then did she sell the chicken wings? Did she just really well, like chicken wings? I think wings? she just really likes chicken wings. Like this article doesn't say she then went on to start a black market in chicken wings. In fact, it specifically says prosecutors said it wasn't clear what she did with the chicken wings. <laughs> How do you lose a million dollars in chicken wings? Also, what do you think she did with the chicken wings? She ate them. That's what you do with chicken wings. So, so. Also, are you really going to hire the prosecutor who's like, yeah, he's guilty. I don't know what. I don't know what he did. With its chicken wings? Yeah. yeah. Okay. You got to hear this story. Okay. So freshman year at college, you got to tell me if this, is, if this is heist worthy or not. Okay. My friends and I, we belong to this thing that they had at BYU where it's like you have a dining card. Okay. Right? This, this is the candy bars, right? Yes. Did I, You've I, told this story before. I've told this story on the podcast? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Is what we pulled off a heist or not? A heist? I mean, by my thing. definition of heist, I don't know if it's a heist. Because as a reminder, Again, our cards got money put on. It's the exact same thing that happened with her. There's still a food budget. Yes. On our cards while we're all on vacation. And we gave them all to Tom. <laughs> eh? Eh? Well, I'm going to say misappropriating $1.5 million that was intended to feed school children is Different than different. your friends getting a bunch of extra candy bars? Yes. But probably only in scale, right? Mm-hmm. Except for the thing that I'm willing to bet that they were all okay with us doing this. It takes a bit of the malfeasance away when mm-hmm. they're like, yeah, totally, sure, whatever. Yeah. Right? I don't know. I wonder if it was like, we all thought we came up with the most brilliant idea ever. I wonder if it was common or if- I mean, uh, you, you were using the money that- you paid into the system yes. in order to get a bunch of candy bars, which you then ate. 
one of the questions I would have is, is there like something we signed that said, I will not give my card to someone else to go get food or did they even really I care? I think so. Because we were paying like, this is in like 94. It was like 500 bucks a month. It right? wasn't that much. No, it wasn't. But it was a lot. It was a lot. I'm exaggerating. Yeah. I can't remember. But it was like when we found out how much student housing was off campus, it was like half <laughs> of what, what we were paying. Mm-hmm. Or like for that, what do we get? We get we get You get extra candy extra bars. Candy bars. So I don't know. There you go. That's all you get. All right, Dan. All right. So today we are gonna talk about We're gonna talk about the Fast and the Furious. Fast and the Furious, which you've only seen. One of the movies. I've only ever seen the first movie. You have evangelized them to me countless times. But you also keep giving me work to do, so I never have time to watch movies. I am going to evangelize them again. You have watched the wrong (laughs) Fast and the Furious movie. (laughs) Well, you have to watch the first one. Yeah. I don't know if I talked about this last time. You do have to watch the first one because the first one pretends and tries really hard to be a real movie. And it kind of succeeds, right? Mm -hmm. And being a real movie... Well, I remember enjoying it without yes. loving it. Like, yes. okay, this is a serviceable crime movie that exactly. turns into like an anti-crime movie. Yes. Whatever. You should watch that and be like, oh, that was okay. It's trying really hard to be a real movie. Mm-hmm. They then kept trying to be real movies and were worse at it. And then Fast Five comes along and they decide, what if we weren't a real movie? What if we gave up on that? What if instead of being a real movie, we decided to hire The Rock and we decided that we are no longer telling stories about street criminals. We're telling stories about superheroes in cars. Yeah. And they got awesome. See, there is a point in every book I write Mm -hmm. where I think... Okay, what if this isn't a real book? Yeah. So I can totally sympathize with that instinct. Like, in these movies, if cars are involved, the laws of physics no longer matter. Mm -hmm. And it goes beyond what you're thinking. Yes, they can jump cars and things like that. But in these movies, if you land on a car, doesn't matter how far you fell. You're you're okay. In fact, there, I, I swear there's a point where someone is falling and the other person pulls their car up. So they hit the car. And then they're safe. Because the car is safe. Because the car, it smashes the top of the car, but they're still okay. It's flawless logic. They move the car (laughs) and catch them with their car. Because if the car's involved, you're all right. Yeah. So. See, I do think that landing on the hood of a car probably hurts less than landing on on asphalt. Yeah. It was like someone flying from one freeway thing down to another. The person pulls up and they hit the car instead. That said, I think you'd be dead either way. But. Okay, but, you know. so mm-hmm. the impetus for this. Yes. We were going to do this when we recorded in the car again. Yes. On the drive to BYU like we did the one time before. And then we're better at scheduling things now, so that might not happen again. Might not. I've only got four weeks left of the class. Yeah. But you could end up there. Lately, Becky's been having me read my student writing on the drive, which is something okay. I need to do for 45 minutes, ask every Thursday anyway. And so I just read. There you go. It tends to actually work Mm -hmm. pretty well. So you're using your time well instead of this dumb show that we do. (laughs) So this is, first of all, the the entire premise of the letter that I'm holding is hilarious to me. Okay. Because this is a PhD candidate in computer science named Steve. Hi, Steve. Thank you for sending this. Who sent me a letter, like a physical snail mail letter that is entirely about AI. 
Like, if you want to send somebody something funny that ChatGPT said, this feels like the weirdest way to do it to me. Yeah, I suppose you could, like, record yourself on an old school record, maybe maybe on a wax cylinder yes. and mail it to, to us. Mm-hmm. But Don't we, mail it. You have it sent by bonded courier. That's right. Right. So anyway, what this person did or what his friend did, and he swears up and down. In fact, it says verbatim here. I swear on my love of Mistborn, the final empire, that this is not fake. Okay. I'll read the prompt to you. Okay. And the prompt includes all the titles of the Fast and Furious movies. And it is important context for those of you who are unfamiliar with the titles of the Fast and the Furious uh-huh. movies. I have only seen the one, mm-hmm. but I am a huge fan of the titles because they very specifically choose to just not follow any consistent naming conventions nope. at all. And in the process, create a beautiful naming convention uh-huh. that then they have unleashed onto AI for us. So here we go. This is the prompt for ChatGPT. They've decided to release 15 more Fast and Furious movies. You know how the way they name them is completely illogical. One, The Fast and the Furious, 2001. Two, Too Fast, Too Furious, 2003. The Fast and the Furious, Tokyo Drift, 2006. Fast and Furious, 2009. Fast Five, Which is where they get awesome. Fast and Furious 6, 2013. Furious 7, 2015. The Fate of the Furious, 2017, and F9, 2021. And there is no convention to any of those. No. They're just like, this time we're going to do it exactly the same way as before, but with no articles. Mm-hmm. And this time it's going to be an ampersand. And it's like, okay, that's how you differentiate your movies. That's great. I love I love that. They're wonderful. You're going to love this list. Okay. All right. But says, we're, what we're going to do is we're also going to decide which of these. <laughs> I just got back from Hawaii, my yes. vacation. Mm-hmm. I am missing Hawaii already. Already. I'm thinking about how wonderful it was to sit on the beach and work on books. And I You're thought, just saying this to make me feel bad because when I went to Hawaii, I got to sit in my hotel room and like, yeah, have sweat. COVID. Well, yeah. I wisely decided to not get COVID. Oh, I went to Hawaii. You can do that? Yeah. yeah. Why didn't I do that? I don't know. I should have thought of that. Mm -hmm. Dang it. We decided that we would discuss which of these titles is the best title for Brandon's vacation. Best title and maybe even because it gives quick pitches for each movie as well. Maybe the best title for my next vacation. Ooh, there we go. That's That's even better. You and I are going to go on vacation together. (laughs) Ah, And this is what our vacation is going to be. Our road trip. Our road trip. Okay. Yeah. So please come up with potential titles for the 15 additional movies, starting with movie 10. Since we need to keep increasing box office numbers, make sure each subsequent movie title becomes more and more ludicrous and eye-catching. Try to incorporate a pun with the number of the movie into the title. So, and then there's the prompt. And that's that's the whole prompt. That's the whole prompt. That's a very well-written prompt. Yeah, it is. Apparently, you can do that, too. So, mm-hmm. some of these are dreadful, which is why I believe that an AI came up with them. But the mm-hmm. first one is amazing. Okay. You ready for this? Yes. Fast 10, your seatbelts. <laughs> you are seatbelts or your... Your seatbelts. Fast 10, your seatbelts. Right? If they don't call the next Fast and the Furious movie that, I'm going to be so sad. Uh, Dan. <laughs> I think the series is done. Didn't they say Fast 10's the last one? I don't know. I think that they said that uh, that 10 is their is their, la- their final one. The Rock wasn't even in 9, you know what? I don't believe. Movies that make money, mm-hmm. series don't end. Mm. They'll, they'll bring in new people. 
They've done that. They'll, and then, then they've brought other ones back. They ha- they've had multiple people die and then show up and again. And then they're like, well, no, this guy's back. They are superhero movies. I mean, it's like, yeah. Okay, so here's mm-hmm. Fast 10, your seatbelts, 2023. Okay. The crew goes on a global race against time to stop a rogue spy from unleashing a deadly weapon. Okay. Good title. Fairly, fairly non-exciting yeah. I mean, pitch. We've seen that before. They've done that in the Fast and the Furious movies. So yeah. that's kind okay. of what they all are these days. So I guess our road trip, for our next road trip, that would be a bad choice. I don't want to be a seatbelt. <laughs> I want to be in a seatbelt. It's not you are seatbelts. It's Fast 10, your seatbelts. Fast 10, my seatbelts. Yeah. You I, need to Fast 10, your seatbelts. <laughs> Yes, I know, but... (laughs) Okay, here we go. 11. Fast 11-en. F-A-S-1-1-E-N. Oh, good. I I, I like this one better already. The final chapter, 2025. Mm -hmm. The crew faces their greatest challenge yet when they are hunted by a mysterious assassin who knows their every move. Mm Mm-hmm. Who would you cast as the mysterious assassin? Um, Rowan Atkinson. This is already my favorite. You said they have to be more and more movie. ridiculous. They have to be okay. more and more ridiculous. 12 fast, 12 Wait, you're furious. going through these too fast. We got 30 minutes oh. to talk about this. Okay. Well, <laughs> I've already said 12 fast, 12 furious. I can't go back from that. 12 fast, 12 furious is, is perfect. Yes, it's perfect. This is genius because too fast, too furious, it added ones. Mm-hmm. These are getting better and better. I mean, fast and fast 10. Fast is, 10, your seatbelts. Is good. It's good, but uh, no, I want to. Uh, you want twelve fast, twelve, 12 furious. This is better. Yes, this is more illogical. So this one comes out in twenty-seven. Okay, the crew splits into two teams, one in the past and one in the future, mm-hmm. to prevent a time-traveling villain from altering history. Okay, okay. I have to assume that the time-traveling villain is going to do something to mess up the history of cars specifically. Okay, like they're going to stop the Model T. From ever being built or something like that. That would be pretty cool, except for the fact that the fast movies don't really deal with cars anymore. Oh. They usually have to steal one or drive them, but they don't really, they're okay. car movies, but they're not, they're super spy movies. So the time traveling villain can't be Tucker from Tucker, a man in his dream? Could be, I don't know. I'm still thinking about the last one where you haven't seen these movies and I can't believe we're doing a whole thing without you having watched any of them. But that's what makes this so Jason good. Jason Statham has the best villain introduction. Did I show this to you when we were in the theater last? No. He has the best villain introduction to any villain I've seen ever. Ever. And he is the assassin that's okay. sent to kill them, basically. Okay. And it's this brilliant scene. I'm this actually, one in the hospital? I'm not being ironic. This is the one in the hospital. Yeah, yeah. you've, you've you, told me about, about that one. That. Yeah, I mean... It's which movie is that one? That is eight, I believe. Eight, yeah. Eight is, I think, my favorite. It is the most ridiculous. Eight is the fate of the, the furious. The fate of the furious. Eight is the most ridiculous. It involves characters coming back to life. It involves the rock flexing his cast off of his arm. Mm-hmm. It has Jason Statham. Oh no, Jason Statham seven because in eight, Jason Statham's a good guy because that's how oh. these movies go. Yeah. They got to join the cast. I think I'm mixing seven and eight up. Now, there's one mm-hmm. that's just The Rock and Jason Statham yes. called like Turner and Hooch or yes. something. Yes, that one's Turner and Hooch. Yes, that's exactly what it's called. And I believe that Jason Statham is the dog that okay. eats the- It slobbers all slobbers over the rock. All over the rock, yeah, in his chair. It's touching romance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Boy, that's a deep cut. 
Yeah. That, that's back when Tom Hanks was like- The goofy comedy guy. The goofy comedy guy. We're going to put him in goofy comedies. Mm-hmm. And then like he made serious movies and people were like, is this the goofy comedy guy? And then he won the all the awards. Guy. Mm-hmm. He almost won three Best Actor Oscars in a row. He got two. He's nominated for the third one and he lost it. I think it was- Forrest Gump, which, yeah, you can lose for that. I think he won. Did he won Forrest Gump? It must have been Forrest Gump and Castaway. Oh, it was. And then he must have lost for the terminal or something. No, it was Philadelphia. Philadelphia, Forrest Gump, Gump, and Apollo 13. 13. He lost for Apollo 13. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes perfect sense because I do know he won for Philadelphia. Yeah. Can he be our time traveling villain? You know, people don't do time traveling villains who are likable enough. They're always, you know. They're always mean. They're always those, jerks. Those, those jerks that go back in time and try to reset the really timeline. Really likable what if, time what traveling if Tom Hanks car villain. Had to go back in time to change the future because he's just this nice guy, but he's, he's got to do it, right? And we have to go back and stop. And then we feel really bad because, you know, it's Tom Hanks, right? You, you want to know my favorite part about this conversation? What's that? There's a guy who is shadowing me this week to uh-huh. see what I do, hoping uh-huh. that it will help him in his career. Oh, yeah. And he thought he was going to get some kind of valuable instruction. And here we and are he's talking in the corner listening <laughs> to us talk about time tra- likable time travel villains played by Tom Hanks. That's his own fault. In- <laughs> Come on. If you haven't watched our podcast and you think, you know, I'm going to get value out of- You know of- who I'm going to get good advice from? Dan Wells. Dan Wells. All right. You ready for number 13? I think I'm ready for number 13. I don't think you can be be better than my favorite 12 Fast, 12 12 12 Furious. furious. I think that's my favorite. That's that's a pretty good one. Yep. yep. Okay. I think our road trip should be 12 Fast, 12 Furious. 12 Fast, 12 Furious. Yeah. Okay. And Ben is our time traveling villain? Oh, yeah. There you go. He's going to go to every place we go on our road trip first Mm -hmm. and like ruin it. Do you know? But in very subtle ways. Have I told the Scalzi story on this? No. Do you guys not? Which Scalzi story? Oh, I got to tell you the Scalzi story. Okay. Okay. So I was nominated for the Campbell Award back when it was called the Campbell Award. Which has been renamed. Yes. To the Amazing Tales or something. I don't know what it is. It's the Rookie of the Year Award for sci-fi fantasy writers, Mm -hmm. right? So I was nominated. It tends to be a very stiff competition award. And I was nominated two years against uh, very excellent writers, uh, a whole group of them in each year. And you lost to Naomi Novik. Naomi and John. And John Scalzi. Yeah. Who are both now friends and fantastic writers. With each and other, not with you. No, they, they, they don't like they, you. They don't they hang out with me. <laughs> no. So. Yes. I had no idea who John Scalzi was. I did not follow his blog because he was a big time blogger before he jumped mm-hmm. over to writing sci-fi fantasy. I'd not heard of this guy. And so I read the list and I'd heard of some of the other authors. I'm like, oh man, stiff competition, stiff competition there. Who's this Scalzi guy? And so I went to the Hugos, which mm-hmm. is where the award's given out. I went to Worldcon and I did my thing that I loved to do back then that I can't do anymore because there's no bookstores and airports. Yeah. I stopped in the bookstore in the airport and turns out SA and SC are next to each other. I'm like, yes. all right, the Scalzi guy. And I checked his book and it was signed. I'm like, how? Because nobody did this back mm-hmm. then. Even still, like I tell all my friends, go to the bookstores, sign your books in the airport. No, no, my friends will do it. Yeah. Like I, it, like getting Pat 
Rothfuss to do it was like pulling teeth. He like did it once. He sent me a picture of himself and he signed my book instead of his to okay. get me to shut up about you should go sign your books. And the airport's really fun. Fans like it. No, can't get them to do it. And here's the Scalzi guy. He'd gotten there before me and signed the book. And I'm like, well, that's pretty cool, I guess. And then I went to the dealer's hall at Worldcon and I started going around to the dealers and they're like, oh yeah, John was just here. And every dealer I went to, he went the same order. I'd never met him yet. Mm -hmm. And he went to the same order and had signed every one of the books. And so I'm like, I'm going to get this guy. I'm going to go down to the Barnes & Noble. It's like a 20-minute walk away. And I went with all my friends together. You weren't there, so I don't know what was going on with you. No, you went with me. To that Barnes & Noble? Do you remember that? Maybe. I remember that this was uh, WorldCon in LA. Yeah. And so we go there and I look and his books are signed. And I'm like, oh, and I'm like, who is this guy? And they're like, uh, he's huge. He has like this enormous following. And I started to research and I started to realize I am going to lose this award to John Scalzi. <laughs> there is no way he can get to every bookstore before me. Mm -hmm. That's my thing. He's doing my thing better than I am. Plus, you know, he already has an enormous following before he published. So it's, it's like, it's unfair. It's like if a famous basketball star came over and started playing football and then rookie of the year was by popularity, you, you probably wouldn't have a lot of shots. So I'm, I'm going to lose to Scalzi. And so we started having this joke go through the whole world con about Scalzi. Every time mm -hmm. his name came up, I go, Scalzi! And then you guys got me a gift. Yeah. So Isaac and I, mm -hmm. there was a Lego store nearby because it was like right by... Disney or whatever, they had their little thing. And so we went and Isaac built a little rocket that looked like a Hugo rocket, but chintzy and made of Legos. And then we had Scalzi sign one of the pieces so we could give it to you, you as went, a loser's Hugo. In the signing line for John Scalzi and going to sign a Lego for me. Yeah. Instead of like one of his books. Yes. It was just here, sign a Lego. And you could see like Five or six different horrible scenarios flash over his eyes. What is this Lego going to be inserted into mm -hmm. that has my name on it? How badly could this go? And then he decided it was safe and he signed it. And then after I lost the Campbell, which was given out the Hugo, so mm -hmm. you guys came to me and you presented me with the first and only Scalzi Award. Yay! Which you had each signed a little brick <laughs> as well, and you built the Hugo rocket out of it and you gave it to me. Mm -hmm. So. There's, uh, there's I assume you Hugo. still have that. I in still a place have the Hugo Award. It's actually up in the cabinet. Do you want to go see if you can find it, Becky? The Award? The Scalzi Award. Not oh, the Hugo, the yeah. Scalzi. See if you can find you it. Show off the Scalzi. A rocket ship built of Legos in the awards cabinet. I believe it is in there. <laughs> That's so. awesome. I lost, again, back when it was called the Campbell. It's not yeah. anymore. I lost to Lev Grossman. Oh, that's also super unfair. Yeah. Right? Man. Like Harry Potter, but with drinking and sex. Yeah. I didn't have a chance against that. Why couldn't we go up against like people who are bad writers? Because they don't get nominated for awards. Oh right, yeah. <laughs> I suppose that makes that makes. I actually sense, genuinely don't remember if I was nominated the second year or not, mm. or if that was my second year. I don't know. I didn't win either time, which is beside the point. You ready for number thirteen? I am ready for number thirteen. Fast and Furious thirteen. Unlucky for some. Two thousand twenty-nine. That's not a great title. No, that's a really the, the terrible crew title. crew gets caught up in a supernatural conspiracy involving a cursed relic, a cult, and a demonic force. See, this is where the movies haven't gone yet. Right. They are not really supernatural. 
There's no vampires. Mm -hmm. You know, there's lots of drug dealers and assassins and super super spies. spies. And they all drive cars somehow Mm -hmm. for some reason, except when they drive subs. That's happened before. (laughs) But the cars, you know, out driving the sub. I don't see them going this direction. You know? I don't think they will. You don't think by the time they get to 13, they're going to be so bereft of ideas. No, no. That they'll be like, okay, let's do a werewolf. How many James Bond movies are there? A buttload. How many of them have a vampire in them? Uh, Well, if we assume James Bond is a vampire, all of them. (laughs) We do not assume James Bond is a vampire. Fine. I mean, if anything- Then I don't know. That's where you went. If anything, he's a time lord because he keeps reincarnating into new bodies, right? So, yeah. But yeah. So earlier when we were trying to brainstorm ideas for topics, one of the ones I suggested, and then I myself immediately discarded was best- Bond songs that are not actually Bond songs. Mm. Do you have any interest in that topic? I'm going to be bad at that topic, though. Because, That's what I figured. Like, I'm not going to be able to think of song titles that well. Yeah. I don't know. And the music I listen to, there's not a lot of Bond-esque songs in them. What I really want is yeah. to come up with ridiculous songs, like Bang, 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 Bang by Soho Dolls, and okay. then have someone edit it over the top of one of the big Bond opening sequence music video things because I think that would be funny and I don't want to do it myself. (laughs) You ready for this one? Okay. Okay. This one, I don't even know how to pronounce. It is Fast F14ST. Fast? <laughs> Fast? F1P? For, for 14th? <laughs> Breaking the sound barrier. Ooh. 2031, the crew teams up with a secret organization to pilot experimental jets and stop a rogue nation from launching a nuclear war. Now, this I can see them doing. They haven't mm-hmm. done it. This is perfect. They have to learn to fly jets. Yeah. It's like, that's a perfect. What is faster than a car? A jet. A jet. Yeah. I mean, they have had airplanes in them before, but what we have not done is put the crew- The whole crew up there. In jets. Do the and, Armageddon thing where yes. you're like, it is easier for us to teach you how to fly jets than to teach our current fighter jet pilots how to, how to do whatever crazy heist. crap that you do. You got to do a mid-air heist. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's- uh, At Mach 7. Mm-hmm. Steal a thing from another thing. Now, here's what's interesting to me about these is none of them have done the most standard. Oh, we found it. Oh, here it is. I'll, I'll get to that the in a second. Skullsy the Award. Skullsy Award. The Skullsy Award. <laughs> here it is. Oh, that's a delight. So which one is Skullsy's signature? I think Skullsy's signature. So you all tried to imitate his. I don't yeah. know if you remember that. We all tried to. I think to... this is probably John's actual signature. Okay. And then this is you guys all poorly imitating it. Either that or his signature is really sloppy. And somebody <laughs> did a very nice version. Someone did a better version yeah. of it. Yeah. But the rest of these look like attempts. Now, um, see that one that's currently facing me? Yeah. That kind of looks like a very proto version of your current signature. Yes. You yes. think that you were subconsciously inspired by seeing that on your mantle? Uh, every maybe. Day. Maybe. Yes. Well, I, I, I caress this before I go to sleep. Mm-hmm. I give it a kiss. Every night. Yeah, yeah. Take it's, it with you when you travel. Yeah, it is It is the most perfect yeah. thing ever given to me. This is my Scalzi Award. 
So a few years after that, John and I were both nominated for Hugos in different categories this time. So I didn't have to go against him, which was nice. (laughs) And on the way to that Hugo Awards, I stopped at an airport bookstore and he had not signed his books. It was in Salt Lake. So he had not gotten through Salt Lake. But I was, as I often do in airports and bookstores, if I'm there and there's someone browsing, in those days, I would hand sell my book to them. Mm-hmm. These days, that's not generally what happens. If I hang around in a bookstore near the sci-fi fantasy section, someone will have a heart attack Yeah, because they will be browsing and look up and Brandon Sanderson is there. Mm-hmm. But those days I would hand sell my books, right? I'd be like, hey, do you like fantasy? And I said it to the person who was there browsing in the bookstore and they're like, not really. I really like science fiction. I'm like, all right, here's Old Man's War. You should read this. It's really good. So I hand-sold them, and they went and bought Old Man's War. So I tweeted at Scalzi, I just hand-sold your book to someone. What have I done? (laughs) And then I got to the convention, and I'm, like, chatting with people, and I hear from, like, across the hall, hey, Sanderson! And I look, and John Scalzi throws two quarters at me. (laughs) And he's like, you're royalties for (laughs) hand-selling his book. And then we both won the Hugo. That time, that was um, was that, that was, Emperor's Soul. That was Emperor's Soul. Yeah. So I kept those coins as lucky coins until I actually lost the whole signing box that they were in, left it in the oh, Minneapolis wow. airport. So. so somebody in Minneapolis has yep. all your stickers and yep. fifty cents of and Scalzi's fifty money. cents of Scalzi's money. So I'm sorry, John. I lost your quarters that you tried to kill me with. He threw them really hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you ready for number fifteen? Fifteen. Furious fifteen. The final ride. 2033, the crew reunites for one last mission to honor the memory of their fallen friends and family and to save the world from an alien invasion. (laughs) Until the alien invasion, that was like the most realistic one they've done. Yeah, that's entirely plausible. What I was going to say before is I'm surprised they haven't done the classic plot of a spy movie, which indeed Fast has done, which is the I've Gone Rogue which Story. is the plot of every Mission Impossible movie. Like like four out of five. Well, Mission all the Impossible. most recent ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And most James Bond movies as well. It's mm. like the go-to. Oh, there's a mole. There's someone evil inside the company. I have to go rogue. We have to go rogue yeah. in order mm-hmm. to catch him. Yep. All right. We need to get goofier than this. Mm-hmm. So that was the one last mission. There are That's like, like the best one more. so far. So, number but 16. Not my favorite. Just not your favorite. Best. No, your favorite yeah. is still 12 Fast, 12 Furious. 12 Fast, 12 Furious. It's going to be hard to beat that one. Your favorite is probably the Fast 10 Your Seatbelts. It's the best pun. That's incredible. They haven't done any other puns. No, they haven't. Yeah. Here we go. Fast and Furious 16, mm-hmm. Resurrection. The crew is shocked to discover that some of their deceased allies and enemies have been brought back to life by a mysterious benefactor who has a sinister agenda. Okay, what was the name of that one? That was called Resurrection. Fast and Furious 16, Resurrection. Too many of these follow the same naming structure as one before. The fun thing about them was none of them followed. They're not doing like, okay, so the next one is just F-17. But we have an F-9. Flight of the Furious. We already have an F-9. It needs to be 17F. It's about a library card. The crew must check 17F in every Motel 6 in the country before the time runs out. Not bad? Yeah, yeah, I'm not even going to read their their one. That is more likely to be our vacation. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's the sort of sort of stuff we get into. Okay, this one is this one is not a great pun, but it's kind of clever. Uh-huh. Fast 18, 18 wheeler. Oh, that's good. 2039. The crew goes undercover as truckers to infiltrate a smuggling ring that is transporting a deadly bioweapon across the country. That's the best one. That's that the one, most... That's absolutely a movie they would make. Now, the one they should do is the Jets one. But I, like, yeah. Yeah. This is proving that the Fast and the Furious movies have not nearly plumbed the depths of storylines that no. they could be doing. Well, and I think that it is saying something... Maybe not much of something. It's a low bar, but still, mm-hmm. your ideas are more clever than what an AI can vomit out when given a thing. So mm. good for you, Fast and the Furious. There's another one I don't know how to pronounce. Fight Club, but instead of IG, it is 19. <laughs> the 198 Club. Fight Club. <laughs> the Fast and the Furious. Uh-huh. 2041. We will be so old when this movie comes out. The crew gets involved in a underground fighting tournament that pits them against their fiercest rivals and some unexpected foes. How cars are involved, don't know, but they are <laughs> always involved. It's never, yeah. Yeah. They're starting to feel pretty samey. Mm-hmm. Come on. Fast 20, colon, Furious 20. Oh, that's a good title. That's a, that's a clever that's use of the... Yeah. So 2043, the crew celebrates their 20th anniversary in 2043 by taking on their most ambitious and dangerous job yet, stealing the Declaration of Independence. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's on a mobile mobile trip, you know? They're like, oh, we got to send this out on a trip. We've got Nicolas Cage in jail. It's not going to get stolen this time. Yeah. We're going to have to have brought Nicolas Cage into one of the previous ones. Yes. Somehow. And then... So that then now he's their, like, their buddy. Uh Or by 2041, 2043, he's going to be, like, their godfather. And he'd be like, I need the Declaration of Independence again. There was something I forgot to get (laughs) off of it last time. I need it again. There were two maps on the back of it, (laughs) and I only looked at one of them. I was going to look at the other one, and then I forgot. Help me, Vin Diesel. Meanwhile, Vin Diesel's like, "Uh, I'm old too. No, in 2043, all these movies are just going to be, you know, pure CG. Mm, That's right. It's going to be Vin Diesel, CG Vin Diesel. It's not even going to be like 2020s era Vin Diesel. It's going to be 1990s era Vin Diesel. Right. Back when he was hawking the Street Shark action figures. And it's going to be amazing. He was selling the Street Shark. Have you not figures. seen that video? You I, know the Street Sharks, right? I know right? the Street Sharks. I have there some is little an muscle amazing, man of the Street Sharks. There is an amazing video. One of Vin his Diesel. first jobs is that he, at a toy fair, mm-hmm. was the guy who would take all these action figures and then go to the toy execs and the manufacturing mm-hmm. execs and say, check out these amazing toys. And, you know, he has his incredibly deep voice and getting all, check out how awesome this is, like mm-hmm. Poochie the Dog style 1990s extreme. It's wonderful. Okay, I'm going to watch that. You got to watch it. We, yeah. I, yeah. I'm so on board with this. Selling Street Sharks <laughs> merch. Street Sharks was already try hard. And then Vin yeah. Diesel Street Sharks. Well, and a, a many years pre-fame yes. Vin Diesel. Yep. There's one of his, like... Not even an acting job so much as just, hey, you're charismatic. 
come do this thing. So there's two more. You want them? Yeah, yeah. Um, though I'm, I'm just thinking, you know, a crossover with Marvel where he can be both Groot and Vin Diesel. Groot and Vin Diesel. Yeah, like road trip, Vin Diesel and Groot. How many other characters can we bring in? Iron Giant. The Iron Giant. He's the Iron Giant. And whoever he plays in Fast and the Furious. Yep. Mm-hmm. And Groot. And Groot. These are like, you know, these. this is this is perfect. And Riddick. You can't be Riddick because that looks like Vin Diesel. It's more interesting if it's no, like No, because there'd one be Vin a Vin Diesel. Diesel and then there'd be a Vin Diesel with goggles on. You know, they haven't done a Vin Diesel pun. Diesel. In the titles of these. And, and I'm afraid they're not going oh, to. Oh, yeah. Now that would have been... Yeah. Anyway. For their 18-wheeler one. Mm-hmm. Diesel-powered. Yeah. They missed it. I bet he is so tired on those sets <laughs> of diesel-powered jokes <laughs> that, yeah. But see, like, The Rock was a villain at the start. Yes. Their buddies. No, The Rock's a villain Because that's start. a pun they could make, mm-hmm. is they could run over him with a car and say, oh, well, this car runs on diesel. Like, right? How's that not a thing that happens in one of the movies? That in is fact, incredible. I'm going to assume that it is a thing that happens in it's one of the movies. It's got to have been a th- happened and I just forgot it. It's, in because... a, it's a missing scene, a deleted scene. See, here's the thing. The reason they wouldn't do that, and this is part of what makes these movies wonderful, mm-hmm. is that Vin Diesel, bless his heart, he won't let the movies be too silly like, how shall I say? The movies are ridiculous. They're silly. Yeah. But he takes them seriously, right? Okay. And so it's like- So they're not campy. Yeah. Now, The Rock does not take them seriously, Okay. right? In fact, and there are other characters like Jason Statham just choose the scenery. But Vin Diesel gives his Oscar, like- mm-hmm. His Daniel Day-Lewis yes, performance. Performance in every one of these movies. And you think I'm making fun of him. I'm not. It yeah. actually makes the movies. Like, legit, because you're like, he cares so much. I care now. And if he weren't in these movies caring about mm-hmm. them, and you can just tell that he cares about these movies. If he weren't in there, they would just be Looney Tunes. They would just be. And so yeah. because he does all this ridiculousness, it comes back and we're like, okay, then you're being sappy. Okay. You're acting, and you don't need to be. But you know what? I'm there because you are, and it makes it work. And that's not me being like post-ironic or anything like that about the movies. Vin Diesel makes them work by caring. I totally believe that. And so he would not let that pun because it's a non-diegetic pun. It's Mm -hmm. a pun that they couldn't have made in world unless they'd known he's Vin Diesel, and he wouldn't let that happen. He will let The Rock flex his cast off because that's just cool. That's and just that can cool. happen in And it doesn't the break world. the fourth doesn't wall. It doesn't break the fourth wall. But okay. Vin Diesel cares too much there we go. to let that plan happen. Vin Diesel. That's why that's we're what not it getting, says on his business yes, cards. That's why we're not getting fast tenure seatbelt. Cares too much. Because. I know. Yeah. Okay. Here's another one that is called Fast and Furious. The future is now, but fast is spelled F21ST. They're leaning That's too hard really into this. Just stretching. They're, they're, they're that doesn't leaning. even make sense. The 14 works because the yeah. 4 kind of looks like an A. Mm-hmm. This is 2045. The crew travels to the year 2050 to stop a rogue faction from using a futuristic device to alter the course of history. Another one of those, huh? Why do you only travel five years into the future? 
I mean... You're already in the future. It's 2045, yeah. which I understand by then won't be the future. It will be the present. But yeah. still, if you're going to go into the future, go into the future. Well, maybe you can't. Maybe maybe something happened. If you travel to you know six years in the future, emptiness. You hit the void. <laughs> the, There's nothing. The yeah. whole universe gets destroyed at the end of mm-hmm. 2050. That's possibly true because the last one is Fast and Furious 22 Double Trouble. So at least that's something the AI mm-hmm. came up with. 2047. The crew faces their ultimate challenge when they encounter their own evil doppelgangers from a parallel universe who are bent on destroying their world. Okay. And who apparently succeed because yep. that's the last one and the world ends in 2050. So I would actually watch... A movie in mm-hmm. which Jason Statham and The Rock and Vin Diesel and everybody else is Michelle Rodriguez, computer Don't forget her. duplicated, She's great. Mm-hmm. and there's like two copies, like a, an yeah. evil twin version. Especially if there's a goatee on all the evil ones, it that'd it's be amazing. Like the one that movie, yes, but you know, maybe <laughs> maybe works just a little bit better than that movie did. It was an okay movie. Yeah, it was an entirely yeah. tolerable movie. Mm. Yeah, so that is our list of AI-generated and snail mail-delivered Fast and the Furious titles and pitches. I had a blast with that. Okay. Those, here's, those were really good. Here's my final question for you. Uh-huh. You pitch me a Fast and the Furious sequel. Oh, 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 on the spot. Yeah. Ooh, ooh. What a, as what... a huge fan of the series uh-huh. and as a celebrated storyteller, ooh. you are given the keys and said, here you go. You get to make your own Fast and the Furious movie. What's it going to be? All right. I won't do it unless The Rock comes back. Because as much okay. as you need Vin Diesel to be serious, you need The Rock to be not serious, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. It is the fact that they both think they're in different movies that makes the <laughs> movies work. Okay. Okay. And I actually like the fact that... They had a lot of strife behind the scenes, and that's why The Rock's not in the movies anymore. Their characters don't get along in the movies, and knowing that they are behind the scenes probably just as angry at each other, that, that helps. That, that really works for me. <laughs> it adds some verisimilitude to all of this. And so what am I going to do? It has to involve, hmm, has to involve cars. Has to, yeah. be, has to be a new type of involving cars. Would you go to the Jets and do the Jets Well, the one? Jets, it's already given me that. Like, that's the one I would want to make. Uh-huh. That's a, that's a perfect Fast and the Furious, but it's already given me that. Okay, right? so you need your I, own I, thing. I need my own thing. Okay. And it can't just be, we're going to make them drive subs, because already the idea of they have to drive something else. Yeah. So what's presented. a way they can drive or race cars yes. that hasn't been done? That's the hard part, right? They can't just drive or race cars, though, for these movies to work. That has to be somehow part of the joke that they they're all here they're schlubby street racers who somehow are consistently saving the world Mm -hmm. and that's the joke yeah and they all pretend that like oh man i don't belong here i've only saved the world five times so far i'm just a street racer who cares about his family i'm wrapped up in all this but there's a car to steal Mm -hmm. i can do it they do that they've stolen cars out of skyscrapers I've seen yep. them, a clip where they yeah. jump a car from one skyscraper yep. to another. They've stolen cars out of trains. Okay. They've stolen cars out of planes. What is left to steal a car from? An underwater base. 
underwater base. Can you steal a car from an underwater say, base? They could steal a car while it is still being built in a factory, but Min- Minority Report already did. They did that. That's yeah, true. That was so a, that was a pretty good scene. You can't do that. You could steal a car from an underwater base, but the thing about it is that's too ridiculous for these movies. Like once you're doing that, you're jumping the shark. You pretend to be grounded and then you you mm-hmm. you aren't, right? Like stealing yeah. cars from a moving train, that's cool and just the right amount of silly, mm-hmm. right? Jumping the car between two skyscrapers comes at the point in the movie where it's like, it is really silly, but just the right amount of real yeah. for it to happen. So I would have to think about it. I don't think, think I, I, okay. I, I don't think I can give you a good- This is not something you want to just- It's not, not something I just want to do halfway. I haven't really done this style of story. Yeah. It's not really my well, thing. So here's the other thing that mm-hmm. you need to think about, because yes. in addition to the story and what cool mm-hmm. new thing we're going to do with cars- Oh, over, oh, oh. oh, you got it? I got it. Okay. I got it. I'm, I'm saying. Oh, I got it. Here we go. You know what it was? What? It what was your it? shirt. My shirt? Oh. <gasps> You can cross them over with a transformer. Like an actual transformer. An actual crossover. transformer. You, okay. This is a level of silliness I would allow. <laughs> right? Because transformers, like, you know, Bumblebee did a very mm-hmm. good job of kind of having grounded. So yeah. maybe not real transformers, but you could do it with real, or you could just do it with a Vin Diesel and his crew have to deal with a modern self-driving talking car. Okay. It's RoboCop type thing. Like, yeah. you know, there's the cool new, like a story about them having to deal with the fact that cars can drive themselves better than they can drive them, but not really. So John Henry, yes. but with cars. John Henry with cars. There this we is, go. This is our plot. Okay. That, that's it. That's the answer. Not actual Transformers. That's it. John Henry, John Henry, but with cars. But with cars. Okay. So over time, the movies keep accruing New muscly bald dudes. Yes. You have to add a new muscly bald dude in your story. Dave Bautista. There you go. Oh, I mean, he's, he's a great actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, we're going to have, he has to be the villain then because the muscly is bald dude. Is the car dudes, not the villain? Uh, maybe the car is voiced by Dave Bautista. Oh, yes. Ah! And it has his little face on it. Oh, it, that'd be great. Like a Max Hedrum. Dave I assume Bautista. you mean like on the dashboard yeah. on a screen and not yeah. like the bumper? No. No, not the bumper. <laughs> but. Okay. Okay, we got a we got a movie An now. Evil self-driving car voiced by Dave Bautista. Yes. Is going to beat them in a race. Not like a race. A cross-country no, no. race. They're not racing, they're heisters now. So okay. it's a better car thief than they are. It's a car that steals other cars. And yes, it's a car that steals other cars better than they can steal cars. That's so great. They Does are it assigned like seduce them? <laughs> How does it do this? Well, obviously, it's Dave Bautista. <laughs> Dave Bautista yeah. comes in, he's like, "Hey, <laughs> Hey, baby. (laughs) I deeply apologize for this entire episode. (laughs) Um, Uh, I am now going to be so sad that this movie isn't real. uh, (laughs) Oh. How's that, Ben? 